Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing.
it takes more power to generate light than it does sound. An amateur electrician rigged up an electric light for his room and found after a little time that it flickered and went out. A friend who examined his generating plant told him that although the light would never come on again, there would be sufficient power to run a call bell. He said a battery which is not strong enough to make a light often is still sufficiently powerful to make a noise. A preacher in commenting on this fact said, that is what is the matter with some of our church members. They are not strong enough spiritually to make light, but they are strong enough otherwise to make a noise. Paul in his letter to the Philippians reminded them and us that we are to shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life. The nature of light itself is always the same, although all lights are not of the same magnitude. If we mirror the Lord Jesus Christ, the true light, then no matter how small a reflector we are, the light which we give will have its good and illuminating effect. We cannot all be Martin Luther's or John Wesley's, but we can let our light shine in the home in the store, in the factory, in the office, in the church, and everywhere we go. How well are you reflecting the light, the Lord Jesus Christ, in your everyday walk? Kipling, the famous writer and his wife, purchased a farmhouse on a mountain slope in an unsettled part of Vermont. One day, as they were exploring the territory, they tramped down the mountain in the back of their home, across the valley, and up on the next mountain. They came to a tiny house where a woman lived all by herself. Be you the windows across the valley, she asked. Then she told them how much comfort the lights were to her because she had often been afraid alone there at night with no one living nearby. She asked, Be you going to stay and keep your lights burning or maybe be you not. After that day, the Kiplings always kept the lights lit in the back of their home. They even took down the curtains and shades so that more light would shine out to the lonely lady across the valley. This is what we Christians should be doing in a spiritual way. Are you sending out the light to the unsaved world around you? Listen now as Chuck Grable sings for us this beautiful song entitled, Until Then. My heart can sing when I pause to remember A heartache is but a stepping stone Along a trail that's winding always upwards This troubled world is not my final home But until then my heart will go on singing Until then with joy I'll carry
Listen to Joy in the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us the piano this wonderful song, Somebody Bigger Than You and I.
Many years ago in Japan, there was a man who owned large fields of rice. One afternoon, as he was looking over his crop, anticipating the great harvest that he would soon have, he felt an earthquake. His fields were situated in a high plain, and as he turned and looked out toward the sea, he saw that the waters were running away from the land and rolling far out from the shore. He knew that in a little while the waves would return as a great tidal wave which would overflow the little levels of the land along the seashore and all the people of the lowland village would be drowned. It was a holiday and the people in their merrymaking had not noticed the earthquake or the action of the sea. The farmer called out to his servants, Bring torches, make haste, set fire to my rice. Then he and his servants set on fire all the farmer's grain. In a moment the flames and smoke rose high. The big bell in the village pealed the fire signal and all the men, women, boys and girls quickly ran up the hill as fast as they could to see the fire and try to save the farmer's rice crop. As they arrived, they discovered him setting fire to his rice and they shouted, Look, he is mad. He is crazy. He is setting fire to his own rice. But the old man pointed to the sea and shouted, Look! And as they turned, they saw the raging waves of the sea come rolling in. And a few minutes later, they saw nothing but the straw, which had been the thatched roofs of their homes, tossing on the waters, and their whole village was blotted out by the flood. That is why I set fire to my rice, said the farmer. If I had not done that, you would have all drowned in those waves. He stood before them almost as poor as any of them. But he saved 400 lives by his act of sacrifice. It is hard to imagine someone as selfish as the farmer. But it's hard for us to understand all that the Lord Jesus Christ did for us when he died on Calvary. And it's even harder to understand why he was willing to die for us. And it was because of his great love. Listen to the words of this song as Lucinda Richardson sing, Trust in You. Tomorrow brings 
There's not a day ahead you have not seen. So in all things be my life and breath. I want what you want, Lord, and nothing less. When you don't move the mountains, I need you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. You are my strength and comfort. You are my steady hand. You are my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand. Your ways are always higher. Your plans are always good. There's not a place where I'll go. You've not already stood. When you don't move the mountains, I need you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you. I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. 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 Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, the ramifications of rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. For a long time now, we've been studying the concept, the biblical truth of rightly dividing the word of truth. What it is, and today as we conclude our study on its biblical ramifications. The Bible was given by the inspiration of God, it's God-breathed. It is the inerrant, the infallible, the preserved word of God. Therefore, we have both an authoritative and a reliable Bible. We must anchor our doctrinal beliefs in the Word of God rightly divided. If we do not rightly, rightly divide the Word of Truth, we are opening the door for total confusion, misinterpretation, misapplication of God's Word, and being biblically wrong. Since God exhorts us to rightly divide the word of truth, there must be a way that it could be wrongly divided. When we rightly divide the word of truth, it's recognizing the difference in the Bible is not just between the Old and New Testament. It is understanding God's twofold purpose. This twofold purpose of God is the prophetic program, the kingdom program, versus the mystery program, the church, the body of Christ. There are absolutely ramifications and practical effects of rightly dividing the word of truth. Here are some of those ramifications and practical effects. Today, are believers under law or under grace, or a combination of the two? What about speaking in tongues? We know that speaking in tongues is clearly found the word of God. What is speaking in tongues? 
Speaking in tongues was where the person speaking did not know the human language, but was able to speak it. Speaking in tongues is speaking known human languages and not the language of angels or some gibberish. Is speaking in tongues God's will for us, the dispensation of God's grace? Absolutely not. The perfect came, 1 Corinthians 13.10. The perfect is not a reference to Lord Jesus Christ. It's a reference to the completion of God's word through the Apostle Paul. Speaking in tongues is not the order of today. It has ceased. The gift of healing. Did the Lord Jesus Christ die for sickness as well as sin? We're not talking about God's will for an individual. Believers that pray for that individual, for God to take care of and help that person. We're talking about the gift of healing. Does any man possess the gift of healing whereby man can be healed of their infirmities? The answer is absolutely no. The Apostle Paul gloried in his infirmities, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This would be totally inconsistent if all infirmities and sicknesses were done away with the death of Christ. What is the gospel today? Be baptized for the remission of sins? The prosperity gospel? The health gospel? No, the gospel is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his burial and resurrection. Some would want to go to Mark 16, 15, 16. He said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Or they would say, go over to Acts 2.38 and see what Peter said concerning this. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. The true gospel is found in 1 Corinthians 15.3 and 4 that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to scriptures and that we could be saved by simple faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What about the doctrine of eschatology, the doctrine of last things? Do you believe and understand the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, the body of Christ? It's only taught in and through Paul's epistles. The Lord Jesus Christ, teaching from the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24 and 25, taught a post-tribulation second coming and not a pre-tribulation rapture. Just think about this for a moment. The Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24 and 25, Luke 21 and Mark 13, was given by the Lord Jesus Christ to his apostles two days before the cross of Christ, two days before his death. His body laid in the sepulcher for three days and three nights, and then he was resurrected. Following his resurrection, he was on earth for 40 days, teaching his apostles concerning the kingdom. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Let's assume for convenience that on the 40th day, the Lord Jesus Christ gave his so-called great commission to his apostles. One aspect of that so-called Great Commission was water baptism, Mark 16, 15, 16, and Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Individuals will state that we have to practice water baptism because of these words. If you ask the same individual, do they believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, they answer yes with great enthusiasm. How can you believe that when the Lord Jesus Christ taught a post-tribulation second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ just 45 days before? How can you accept Matthew 28, 19 and 20 and yet reject Matthew 24, 27 to 31? That is being biblically inconsistent and that is not rightly dividing the word of truth. 
What about the covenants that God made with the nation of Israel? The Abrahamic, Davidic, new covenants. These covenants were made with the nation of Israel, not the church, the body of Christ. What about spiritual blessings versus physical blessings? What about prayer? Are you going to claim James 5, 13, verses 13 to 16 as a prayer promise today? When Philippians 4, 6, and 7 tells us to be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What you believe doctrinally affects how you can live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Doctrine and practice go hand in hand. Hence, we need to understand the Bible. We need to understand it rightly divided. We need then as Christians to apply the Word of God. God told us in 1 Timothy 2.4, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Salvation first. And the only way of salvation is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 3.24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Believe and you're saved, and then come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the understanding of God's Word rightly divided. Christian friend, you need to study God's Word. You need to understand it rightly divided. If you don't know where you're going, the only way of salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Won't you believe Him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late? been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my name.